Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, and I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, I've got a special guest with me today, uh, somebody we've had on before on, on our podcast, uh, Jason Maxwell. So welcome, Jason. Well, thank you so much for having me again. I appreciate it. You bet. So so Jason is a journey brother and a journey leader, uh, and he's also got a ministry that he started called Flames to Fire. And uh, so why don't you, first of all, for those who don't know who you are and haven't heard our previous podcast, tell them a little bit about what Flames to Fire is and what your ministry is about, and then we'll dive into some other things. Sure. So um, as as you know, (laughs) um, God set me free from homosexuality um, 10 and a half years ago um, after being in the gay lifestyle for 15 years um, through a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, where he just poured out his love into me and called me into his plan for my life. And so since then, um, I've gotten married. We have three kids. um, And the ministry itself, um, you know, while we're not totally focused on same-sex attraction and people who struggle with same-sex attraction, because our, our overall goal is to just let people from all backgrounds encounter the realness of God. And so, um, but with um, our journey groups and a lot of what we do, and because of my background, obviously same-sex attraction is a big a big component of our ministry. And so uh, with our journey groups um, that we started last year, um, I led three journey groups previously, um, a couples group and uh, two men's groups. And then um, when we started last year's groups, we had made the decision to uh, focus all of all of them uh, with guys who experienced same-sex attraction um, or were coming out of the gay lifestyle. Um, and so, um, and the reason we wanted to do that was not because our focus was their same-sex attraction, but because we wanted them to feel comfortable as God began to heal them and open up wounds from the past and things like that, feel comfortable in the environment to share those and not feel judged by people who wouldn't understand. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so we... Started started the three groups in January. Um, they ran through through October. Um, the you know one of the awesome parts about it, like it started off and it seemed like we had a whole lot of people. Um, and as as we got started, you know, people quickly started realizing, hey, this is too much of a commitment. Yeah, yeah. you know, this is a serious it's, deal. It's, it's a serious <laughs> deal, and I I was coming just to chat. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so um, and I want to make this point real quick. These are people from all over the country, even even the world. Yeah. So we had um, people from Korea, from Guatemala, from New Zealand, um, and then most were in the United States. But they were virtual groups using Zoom. I guess. Right. Yeah. And so we originally set it up. This was even pre-COVID that we had set it up to do them all via Zoom because we were spread out. And, you know, the reality is there are people suffering all over from 
the enemy's tactics. Mm-hmm. And so we just really wanted to be able to reach those people. And, you know, God has done some amazing things over the last several years in making connections, um, divine connections for me within the changed movement and the freedom march movement, um, where a lot of people, uh, go when, when they begin to come out of lifestyle or feel a calling from God that, Hey, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. Um, those two kind of tend to be the, the big movements in the United States that, uh, that people go to. Well, and, and we don't hear about that. Stuff. Right. I don't, I mean, that's my opinion. We don't hear that. What we hear mostly as Christians is how to be more tolerant or that we should be more loving to sure. and accepting, which is which true. Which is 100% which accurate is true. and true. <laughs> and, and we should probably touch on that because sure. you've helped me understand that a little bit and, and just how to be more, you know, how you can love somebody without accepting the sin. I guess maybe that's mm-hmm. the thing that, or maybe yeah. that's too, too. And I think like a lot of that comes from there's a difference between acceptance and affirmation. Mm-hmm. And so you can accept a person for the treasure that God created them to be mm-hmm. and the treasure that's buried within them, mm-hmm. that our job as Christian disciples or mentors is to basically remove that dirt and expose the treasure that God created them to be. Mm. And so... Um, that requires getting dirty. That requires going through stuff you don't necessarily want to go through with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and expecting a lot of that to be slung back on you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but that's really what love is. It's patient. It's kind. It's gentle. It's um, faithful. And so it sticks through that mud slinging mm-hmm. without slinging mud back. Mm-hmm. And tries to walk through that process. And, and, I, and I know there's been, I know there's been, hom- there have been homosexuals or people with same sex attraction in regular journey groups. Sure. And maybe, maybe no one even knew it. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they could have disguised it, but I right. think some have been open about it. But I can see where uh, an environment you're creating, they would be a more of a safety or a feeling where they could talk about these things. Right. And all that. So that's, which I think is so powerful what you're doing. And, you know, they're to that point. There really is no difference with the issues that someone coming out of homosexuality deals with as there is with any man with rage, drug addiction, pornography addictions, alcoholism, because so many of those come from a root of bitterness, Mm -hmm. a root of um, lack of acceptance from their parents or not connecting with their fathers and things like that. And so there's all this brokenness that's within inside so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just manifests in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, one of the biggest lies I think that the enemy tells not just the church about homosexuals, but tells homosexuals themselves is that, that this is an incurable thing. God created me this way and there's no hope. Therefore, just accept it and move on. I've heard the phrase, you can't pray it away. Right. Right. Which, you know, I, I agree with the fact that like prayer is super powerful and parents praying for their children and grandchildren moves mountains. But at the end of the day, God gave each and every one of us free will. Mm -hmm. And a parent's will can't override a child's will. Mm -hmm. 
just like God refuses to override our will. Mm -hmm. And so, but what prayer will do is it will move the mountains and it will send the people to continue to influence your children and the divine appointments they need so that they will come to, to a place of being willing to be open, I think. And a lot of times it's really doctrinal beliefs or theologies within denominations that believe that God no longer is a healer, that he doesn't work miracles. Mm -hmm. They'll say he's a healer, mm -hmm. but then they question all the time, does he really heal? Is it his will to heal right now? Is it his will? Well, you know, there's there's all of these areas that we really just have to find and seek out until we get that strong core belief, knowing what God's will is, because if we don't know his will, we shouldn't be praying against his will. Mm -hmm. And so, um, well, it could there, could there also, um, you know, I think of the thorn in the flesh mm -hmm. example that Paul mm -hmm. talks about. He had this, whatever this thorn in the flesh was, right. and it could be a physical thing or whatever. God wouldn't remove it, mm -hmm. but it doesn't, but he said, my power will be made perfect in your weakness. Right. So, there are some people who are predisposed for whatever reason to anger, maybe you're predisposed sure. to the same sex attraction, perhaps, or whatever. Right. And maybe he doesn't take it away mm -hmm. totally, but he helps you learn how to walk in grace in the midst of it. Well, and, and so not, much of that goes back to we are not called to walk in the flesh. Right. There so that thorn may remain in the flesh, but we're not people of the flesh. We're people of the spirit. And so faith is not about striving. It's about settling into what God gave us, which is a new creation. Mm -hmm. All things are made new, mind, body, spirit, and finding that place of rest, no matter what's going on around us. I mean, COVID, you know, we've been in, go on a real short jump real quick, <laughs> yeah. but you know, so many of us received words and believed 2020 was the year of clarity and vision. Mm -hmm. Well, boy, was it a year of clarity and vision. Mm -hmm. Because what it did is it separated the goats from the sheep. Mm -hmm. It separated the people with faith and the people without faith. The people who truly have the intimate abiding relationship with Christ from those who pretend to have an intimate abiding relationship with Christ. Yeah. And it's exposed that on so many levels um, and I think God has used that in such a powerful way, especially within the homosexual community, to expose to them truth. Mm. And we have seen um, thousands of people in 2020 begin to reach out to the ministries across the country like ours, um, begin to, you know, come to the freedom marches to hear about, you know, when we finally, there were so many, so we had three freedom marches in 2020 that got canceled. We finally had our first one again in March, or I'm sorry, in October in Atlanta, which just happened to coincide with the commence our commencement ceremony for our journey group. So we took the uh, the guys that were in our journey group that could, and we all went to Atlanta, did our two-day commencement, and then went to the Freedom March afterwards. And so just being able to hear, you know, these 30 speakers talk for five minutes about what God had done in their lives, you know, and how he was using them 
gave hope to hundreds of people that were there, you know, and realistically that has gone on and been viewed by thousands of people. Um, And so we continue to see that. And part of the reason I go to these freedom marches is it's a way for God to connect people that are seeking with people who have already come out. Mm-hmm. and make a personal relationship. And so that's part of the way we built our, our journey groups this year um, was from people that we met at the Freedom Marches and, mm. and things like that. The other really cool thing um, that happened uh, for me is one of my biggest um, worries, I guess, or um, things that I, I pray a lot about is that God help me become a really good father and that I don't make the mistakes, you know, so that that my kids will grow up loving him and seeking him and not viewing him through the lens of hypocrisy or any of those types of things that allow young adults to just give up and walk away from the church, Mm. you know, while also diligently protecting them from anyone who may hurt them and, and those kinds of things that, um, because the majority of the people that I've known in the gay community for the 15 years I was there, but even more so the people that, that I'm helping now had strong Christian foundations but they were sexually abused or they were abandoned or their parents acted one way in church and then totally different at home and Mm. things like that. And so there's so much brokenness within, within these men um, and they don't know what to do with it. And so going to the church doesn't always seem like a good option because that oftentimes is where the brokenness came from in the first mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the things that, you know, just being able to represent Christ and represent the church in a different way than people are used to seeing him represented mm-hmm. is so important mm. and um and it's just awesome to be able to to walk that out and watch him move and you know he's done some amazing things through these journey groups this year um there's one individual that's that reached out to me in september right after uh so september of 2019 which was right after uh we had gone to um, Washington, D.C., and met with senators and, and all of that in 2019, just voicing the fact that, you know, people do overcome same-sex attraction. People are set free from homosexuality. God can do all things if we're willing to let him. Mm-hmm. And so we should not be legislating God out of the possibilities you know, and there's so much legislation going on right now. And I'm sure as we move into 2021, it is going to increase substantially mm-hmm. um, the type of legislation that prevents ministries from ours from even operating, at least legally. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, no legislation can keep us from doing anything. Yeah. All it can do, just like it did Paul, is throw us in jail. And then we figure out a way to do it from there. (laughs) You know, hopefully that's not what happens. But at the end of the day, that's 
that that is the burden that we as believers need to be willing to bear and be willing to make those sacrifices and realize, you know, the worst thing that can happen is you're killed, which on the reverse side of that is the best thing that can happen because you're in heaven with Jesus. So there's well, nothing to fear in well, any of that. It <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the early disciples with the apostles when they were flogging them, beating them and tell them to stop proclaiming this name. And they mm-hmm. said, we cannot stop. Right. We cannot stop proclaiming right. the name of this Jesus. Right. <laughs> So um, this gentleman that reached out to me in September, he reached out and he's like, he's like, Jason, my wife sent me your testimony. And honestly, I think you're full of it. But on the off chance that you're not, I'd like to have a FaceTime video with you so that I can just discuss it. So I'm like, awesome. So in my head, I'm like trying to prepare for this gentleman that thinks I'm full of it. (laughs) But uh, so we we get on and I tell him my story and um, he tells me his. And there's so many similarities. The difference is instead of choosing to actively go into the gay lifestyle like I did, he thought if he got married, it would take it away. Okay. Um, so his wife uh, stood by him for 17 years, praying and believing that God would take it away and asking him for the strength just to endure um, all of these things. Um, this gentleman, um, I only share this because he now publicly shares it and is also a journey leader going into this year mm-hmm. um, with us. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So we go from this man who for 17 years was cheating on his wife, had a gay partner for seven of those years, even up to the point that he reached out to me. And he's like, the fact that you left your partner after 11 years and you're now walking in total freedom gives me hope, Mm -hmm. a hope that I never heard before. And so I immediately began discipling him. And I said, you know, realistically, he was kind of cussing through all this and everything. And it got to the point like I just it was offending my ears. (laughs) (laughs) And and I said, you know, um, why don't you go read the book of James and call me back when you're done? Mm -hmm. He's like, you want me to go read all of James? And I'm like, yep. And so he, I, I honestly just, I needed a break. I needed to recover myself from everything that had happened on that phone call. <laughs> um, and he actually, he called me back three hours later, which I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. And he called me back and we talked for almost six hours about the book of James and who God really is and who he saw God to be as the, you know, God in the sky who's just looking there to punish him versus the loving father that he actually is. And um, so we continued just talking, you know, day after day, doing a little, a little deeper dives and he kept seeking and he kept seeking 
And so then in October of 2019, there was a big um, uh, conference in Dallas and that I was speaking at. And so I told him I was going. I invited him to go. Sarah, my wife, and I were both going. And so his wife bought him tickets and flew him to Dallas, which uh, was a big step for them. Um, so we were able to connect him with a lot of other people, too. So it wasn't just my story now. It was my story and the hundred other people that were at that conference's story. Mm. And um, so then he joined the journey group um, through the process of the journey group. He left his partner, ended that relationship. He ended his um, 37 year battle with pornography. Mm. He uh, completely stopped all masturbation um, and now walks in complete freedom from that. Mm. Um, And when we use the term complete freedom, that does vary for different people as far as like for some people, complete freedom means like they never have any same sex attraction and that the enemy never brings that to their mind, period. For other people, complete freedom is... Well, yeah, the enemy still will attack me with those thoughts, you know, just like he does any other man Mm -hmm. with seeing a pretty woman walk down the street. Mm -hmm. But I now have the freedom that because of who lives on the inside of me, I can take that thought captive, submit it to the obedience of Christ and move on without any other thought. Mm -hmm. And so so that looks a little different for everybody. But um, so in October, um, this man's wife, you know, which my wife and I communicated with throughout this process, you know, because at the end of the day, if you're married, you're joint, you're a union or you should be. Right. And so if you're a union, then you're going to have to come out of the junk that you've been in together. Mm-hmm. And um, so so we were really walking with both of them and it was really an awesome thing to witness how the Holy Spirit works um, through that process too, because because there'd be times that that this man would call me and he's like, Jason, I'm really struggling, and and my ex just tried to reach out to me, and it's just really messing with me, mm. you know. And I'd be on the phone talking to him about this, reminding him who he is, giving him scripture to back it up, you know, and just being compassionate. Mm-hmm. with where he's at, because I understand leaving my partner was the hardest thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he would get a text message from his wife that said, the Holy Spirit just dropped in my, in my spirit that there's something really wrong and I'm praying for you and you will get through whatever it is. Mm. That happened so many times. And it wasn't because I was over there texting her what was going on. <laughs> You know, and and so it was really cool from a leader's perspective to be able to see God working through all these different people to help get this man out. And thinking back, how many people did God work through for me to get me out, you know? And I know an answer to a lot of those, but not all of them for sure. But anyway, so now, like I said, he's walking in total freedom. He's now openly sharing his testimony. Mm -hmm. Um, Him and his wife are... uh, uh, running, running, um, groups through their church. 
um, small groups for the church now. There's all of these amazing things. And just to hear his wife tell their story. And, you know, if anybody wants to hear their story, you can go to flames, the number two fire.com. Um, and we'll have their uh, story on our website within the next couple of weeks. Um, but it really is amazing. Um, and then so in October, when we went to the Freedom March, uh, both of them, both of them came uh, for the commencement stuff. She wasn't part of our commencement, but but uh, she was in Atlanta. And so we went through commencement and then both all of us like went to lunches and dinners and different things together and and. Uh, went to the Freedom March. But, you know, the cool thing is, so the Beyond the Inner Chamber book. Mm -hmm. Well, for whatever reason, our guys decided they weren't going to read that last book. Hmm. And it got there and we're in this hour and a half session on on, uh, the Inner Chamber during our commencement. And like Dave and I, my co-guide, look at each other, and I finally just looked, and I go, none of you guys read this, did you? <laughs> well, we kind of skimmed it. I'm like, yeah. And I was like, well, we're just going to stop, and we'll just go into our prayer prayer time, and instead of two and a half hours in our prayer time, we'll do four. And so, <laughs> so we broke up, and we went into our four-hour prayer time, and during that time, um, and the Holy Spirit just dropped on my heart, um, Stone Mountain. And I remember, I was like, Stone Mountain, that sounds familiar. And I remember, like, way back hearing about Stone Mountain in Atlanta. So as it turned out, our next next event after that is we went to Stone Mountain to climb Stone Mountain. Mm. And we actually, through that four-and-a-half-hour climb, taught out all of the concepts of beyond the inner chamber. Oh, wow. And it was just incredible. And the last section where it talks about, you know, there's a point where you just got to do it on your own. Mm. Nobody else is going to carry you. No one else is going to push you. No one else might even be there to encourage you. Mm. You're just going to have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, we're like getting to that point, and I kid you not, the mountain got so steep on this walk that they have installed in the stone this metal guardrail for you to literally pull yourself up, mm. up this section as you continue on. And so, you know, there were several guys that just stopped there, and they're like, oh, we can't go that far. And most of us, honestly, were overweight guys, not, <laughs> you know, so, so we get there, and we're, and so we're, uh, some of us just took up. We're like, hey, you know, at the end of the day, who gets to the top is in the picture. Who isn't, isn't, you know. <laughs> and uh, we're like, we're like, but everybody's got to drop their own baggage and do what they can do, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, that man's wife was with us. And she was one of the ones. She's like, I can't do this. And we're like, you know, no problem. You know, whatever. We'll we'll go up and we'll take our pictures and stuff, and then we'll come back down. Well, we get up there, and there was like a few of us up there, and we waited a few more minutes, and and then um, there's like a gift shop. And, and when we got up there, we realized there's like a gondola. We could have just gotten a gondola and taken <laughs> up the whole mountain instead of actually climbing the path, right? But uh, so we were like, oh, we really want to just ride the gondola down <laughs> instead of walking back down this mountain. And uh, but 
But anyway, point was, we everyone ended up making it except for the man's wife. Mm. And so we were like, man, it's too bad that she didn't make it. Well, we could just buy our tickets and ride back down, right? And uh, so we all start walking back. And as we start walking back, she crests the top of that mountain. Uh And just the celebration that broke out with all of us because it was so important to him that they reached the top together. Mm. And it was so important to her. And um, wow. anyway, it was just truly spectacular. So much spiritual significance. <laughs> yeah, it was so awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and then um, another really cool story from one of our guys. Um, so about midway through through the journey, back in June sometime, one of the guys was telling us about how him... And his wife had been trying to have children for 12 years. And the doctors have told them it's impossible. You're never going to be able to have children. All of these things. And having a prophetic voice, I know that wisdom in in prophecy is you don't ever talk about babies and you don't ever talk about who someone's going to marry, right? (laughs) But when God tells you something, you speak it. Mm. And so he was talking about this and the Holy Spirit just dropped in me. He said, he will be a father, not just a spiritual father to others, but to his own flesh and blood. And so I released that and I told him and I was like, don't ever give up because God's promises are full promises for everyone. Mm. And so when you stand in faith for that, he will move mountains to make that happen. Mm. And I got a call on January 1st letting me know that they were pregnant. (laughs) And it's just amazing to watch God work in people's lives who are on fire for him and seeking him. Even if they haven't gotten everything that they set out on the journey to get, Mm -hmm. the life transformations are amazing. Mm. And um, so, anyway, I know we're almost out of time. Well, that's but. okay. If we go a little long. <laughs> this is this is. I love all these stories, and and there was one you shared with me via text the other day about a young man who was uh, living a transgender lifestyle. Yeah. Tell tell that story. So um, I don't have tons to tell about that story yet, other than um, uh, you know God has really been working this year um, in our new turning groups to connect us with the right people and to bring them to us versus us constantly, you know, going out and inviting Mm -hmm. so many people just waiting and them, them reaching out and saying, Hey, I heard about what you're doing. I heard about what God has done in different people's lives. And, and I would like to be part of that. And, and this uh, individual, you know, God just really, reached out to and the Holy Spirit has been for the last six months or something has been just really buffeting his spirit um, with, you know, you can't continue this way. And so he um, he's 22. He has uh, lived as a girl or woman for the last seven years. So since he was 15. Mm-hmm. Um and just actively embrace that transgendered lifestyle um, and yet never gave up on, never rejected God in the process. 
Which is one of the things I always tell about my story. You know, so many people think that because you are gay or you struggle with homosexuality that you rejected God. And in some cases, that's true. I mean, obviously, there are plenty of gay activists out there who have rejected God, Mm -hmm. but that's not your average gay person. And so... So in that, um, you know, he was still seeking and still believed in God and all of those things. And much like God did with me, God just started saying, hey, are you ready to follow me? Mm. This isn't who I created you to be. Mm. This isn't my plan for you. And it's time to, like, wake up. And um, so he has has made the decision uh, to no longer be a she and to be a he and to walk that out and seek God out no matter what that looks like. Mm. And um, so in that, uh, you know, he's in the process of legally getting his name changed back to a man, representing himself to the world as a man deleted his female Facebook page and created a male Facebook page, all of these things. Um, And he's like, had reached out and I didn't know him before at all. And he just reached out and he said, Hey, I heard about your journey groups and how they lead you into an intimate abiding relationship with Christ. And I want, I want that. (laughs) And, you know, for many people, they would go, God is speaking directly to you. How more intimate and abiding can you get? Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, that's where they lose God, is they base their entire religion on one experience mm-hmm. instead of an abiding relationship that continues to grow. It needs to be walked out. That's right. That's right. And so, so that's one of the things that the journey teaches so well and instills so well is... It's not about, like, if I was still living on my one-time experience of God pouring his love into me and that's all I had to go off of, I don't know where I'd be right now. Mm. But because I continue to seek and there's experience after experience after experience after experience deepening with him. And now, you know, my kids, my 16-year-old is laying hands on people in the food pantry and we literally have seen blind eyes opened you know, deaf ears, the things that they talk about in the Bible that you go, well, that was awesome 2,000 years ago. Mm. They still happen today. Mm. But they happen through the hands of those who seek them and who have the faith to believe that he still is the same. Mm. He says in his word, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. So why would he stop using us the same way? Mm. He didn't set us on a path to, to... be disciples without the same tools that he gave his original disciples. Mm. He didn't say, go conquer the world and go go bring people to me and go make other disciples, but then take away all our tools and abilities to do it. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're abiding with his spirit and he allows us to do ask anything Amen. when we're abiding with him. I, right. I was just reading First John 3 talking about this. Mm-hmm. And the main thing he wants to do is love others and, yeah. and he'll give us power to love others. That's and, right. So we'll think, and, and that's like so key, Brian, because, because, and that's where honestly a lot of the church misses it, is it's this issue of striving, 
mm-hmm. instead of just settling in who, who he's created you to be. It's this issue of, I'm going to prove who I am by healing the sick. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because it's not about proving who you are. It's mm-hmm. about proving who he is. Right. And he proves himself by healing the sick. Mm-hmm. But he will use you and I to deliver that. Yeah. And, you know, when we are positioned in a state of love, when instead of going and seeing somebody that go and going, they need healing, therefore I'm going to go pray for them and watch them get healed, you go, man, what is it like to walk life like that every day? Mm. What is it like to be oppressed by the devil in that way? Mm. And when we began to have that compassion, the Bible talks all the time about how Jesus was motivated by compassion. So when we're motivated by actual love and actual compassion, and that's what causes us uh, to act on his behalf, that's when miracles break out. Mm. Well, and I, I, I love the way you brought the journey into it, because I think what the journey does is, is you're, you're just coming alongside people, loving people. Mm-hmm. You're not, we're not doing the transformative That's work right. as guides. We're just coming alongside them, right. fanning their flame, lifting their arms up, praying for them. Right. And then, um, and then he does the work and, and he tends to shine a, a spotlight into our hearts mm-hmm. and he likes to show the dark corners of our hearts that we've been hiding. Yeah. And in this case, it might be homosexuality. It could be, <clears throat> you named other things. It could be. Could, There's so it, many things oh, built oh, into oh. all these groups. Yeah. <laughs> the journey meets people where they are, you right. know? And so, but I think, um, I think I wanted to bring hope to our listeners and our other fellow influencers that, that he is setting free people that, that thought it was, they'd be homosexual the rest of their life and all yeah. that. And all oh, this is who I am. And they're tormented and don't have peace. And, yeah. um, and some people have prodigal kids and all sorts of different things, homosexual and other things. And there's always hope. There's right. always hope. So, uh, very and, encouraging to me. And not only is he setting them free, he's setting them free and he's using them. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, Three of our guys all decided they wanted to start journey groups. And so we've come alongside. And this year we've got three three more journey groups. And instead of me having to lead all of them, we've got guides mm. for each one. And Dave and I, are we're going to be on every one of those calls. Um, but we're letting them step in to their roles in the kingdom so that they can continue on his work. Which is what Beyond the Inner Chamber talks about. So they're living out Beyond the Inner Chamber, right. reaching back and helping others yeah. go where they've gone. So, well, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Jason. Um, tell tell people again how to get in contact with if, if they want to learn more about the yeah. ministry. If you'd that. like to learn more about our ministry, you can go to flames2fire.com, and that's the number two, F-L-A-M-E-S, the number two, fire.com um, or you can reach out to me at jason at flames to fire.com or on my cell phone at 479-202-1010 yeah and, and and he's doing a lot more that we didn't even have time to get into with uh, besides the journey groups with mm-hmm. counseling and yeah. conferences and uh, and he's even got a food pantry here in northwest arkansas where we're feeding a couple hundred people per week is a that couple, what you're a couple hundred families per week a couple hundred families per week yeah. yeah so anyone listening in the northwest arkansas you might want to join this effort with jason and uh, and join in and helping people in our community so yeah. okay thank you jason thank you god bless yeah, you bet well you've been listening to the influencers network podcast and uh we do these podcasts to just keep fanning your flame out there and and hopefully inspire you and uh 
as you start praying about how God's going to use you right where you are in your sphere of influence with your unique giftings and all that. So we're so excited to see all that God's doing, and we just give him all the praise and honor and glory. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. me.